Greetings everybody and welcome back to the end of season review of uh, Picard. Welcome to the Nerdscape Podcast. I am your host, Irish Trekkie, and with me, my co-host, Chris the Trek Collector. How are you today, Chief? Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, still keeping my distance from my loved ones and doing the whole social networking. Just stay in touch with all my friends and family. We'll start off anyway with our usual episode review first. Yeah. So, Damien, take it away. Kicking off with the synopsis, or should I say the teaser from Amazon Prime. A final confrontation on the synthetics homeworld Capelius pits Picard and his team against the Romulans, as well as the synths who seek to safeguard their existence at all costs. So obviously this is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. We already reviewed the first part of this show. Um, so this is the bookend to season one of, as you said, Chris, um, probably one of the most anticipated Star Trek series because everyone wanted a TNG continuation. Yeah. Post Nemesis, yeah. and um, I know it wasn't sold as such, but people were going to be hanging on to that idea no matter what. Um, so we've gotten our first season um, finale here in a two-parter. So opening scene, I have to say, is absolutely fantastic. We have Costa del Borg Cube. Um, this is a nice little retreat if you want to not have to worry about making a decision for yourself um you're literally sitting on the seaside um lovely surroundings uh, it's it's absolutely a fantastic opening sequence uh, just that borg cube the sunlight hitting the side of it um in the water which was actually really really nice way to open up this episode of Picard i have to say now i i did like that shot it was good it was good and um i must say i i have been liking the borg aesthetic um the Borg interior and stuff like that, but you know, one of my one of my favorite characters, um, is in conversation with Seven of Nine, which is always good. I I, I just like Elnor. I I think he's kind of like the data of, um, Picard. Yeah, you said that in the yeah. last episode, and yes, there's just something about Elnor. It's just it, it's one of the funny yeah. character. It's, it's he's a funny character at the start. He, he, straight away the first episode he's introduced you can actually see that he, he he's the data character and you, you, you kind of worry for his character initially at the start will yeah. it work and I have to say one thing I'm with you uh, absolutely very strong character I don't think he's got enough no. screen time but very very likeable if you break him down into like comparing him to data like he is this lethal weapon but he has the that innocence yeah. about him. That he was made a little bit of a comic relief in that mid se- mid season episode, um, Rag City one, which I didn't really like. But um, yeah. his his whole arc on the on the cube with Hugh with Seven, um, I, I liked it. I did like that. I, I I liked as well. With I think we're getting tired. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to these points anyway. But yes, absolutely. Uh, Elnor is very very good. But another another guy, and this episode really starts off, is Narek. Um, I really think very good character, um, mm. very strong, very patient. I I I like that with a villain that can be patient, and we have him like creeping onto the Borg cube, basically his old home, and um, which is very very interesting. And there's another little surprise in the Borg cube. Well, as you said, Elnor and Seven, and that like. Portal 7 contemplating, like, shooting herself in the head because yeah. the XPs are hated and Elnor said he'd miss her. Isn't that just, like, oh. 
Yeah. Little sweetie. Like, but, that, but that's one of the things about uh, this episode. And I think when you look back at season one, there's little story, li- li- little bits of dialogue like that where it's it's not really alluded to, but then it's just dropped in like, you know, commit, like I was thinking about, you know, putting a phaser to my head like. And then it just it moved on to the next thing. I didn't really like that uh, in my in my when I looked at it the first time, I've only watched this episode once now, mind you. But um, I, you know, I get I get the whole Eleanor Seven conversation, but I just thought that could have been handled in a little different way. Uh, no, I, I, I get this from the point of with Seven. Mm. We've seen this through Seven with, on Voyager. Um, fitting in was a very, very hard thing for Seven and Nine. Um, you know what I mean? Towards the end, she kind of went. But like, I do like the way Seven and Nine's character has been in this. You know, I mean, she was never going to be the model Starfleet officer. Uh, nope. She was never going to fit in. And then, you know what I mean? She's back in the Alpha Quadrant and like literally XBs are despised. And she's still trying to fit in. She's she's trying to be Annika and fit in somewhere. Yeah. And she can't. And no matter what she tries to do, she just it just doesn't feel mm. right. So I can, I can understand why she's yeah. saying literally to get a phaser and kill herself so i mm. I, th- I thought that was nice i i yeah. did think I, I i did think and it's it's relating to hugh's problem as well and why hugh went to the artifact um to literally help these xbs help the xbs find, yeah. and you know what i mean as hugh said having a name is the start of something you know so i that to me was was very strong yeah but as you said there was a surprise we have <sighs> narek and his sister, we did see his sister beam. So obviously she maybe had a, like a sight to sight. I I assumed, like yep. probably most others, that she had beamed to one of the one. Romulan ships that were uh, outside the Borg cube. But obviously she did not, and uh, she's sitting on the Borg cube awaiting her brother, who self proclaims himself the black sheep of the family, mm. um, and uh, and, and, and literally the savior. You know what I mean? That like literally that mm-hmm. you know his parents had no time for them. him and the whole lot, but he's 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 continued out the mission. He's mm-hmm. he, he's done it. You know, um, yeah, I I like I like Narek. Um, he yeah he is a bad guy, but is he a bad guy as well? Like he's, um, he, his motivations are definitely on the the whole destroyer vibe, um, and that continues through this episode. Whereas his sister. I just think she's just a bad, <laughs> you yeah. know, popping uh, XBs in the previous episode and stuff like that. But I, th- I think there's t- two differences between the characters and I do, do actually like the brother and sister character. And like, as I said, he, Narek was the bad sheep in the family. Now, is this because I'm like, I'm kind of digging deep through his character. Maybe he he never fell for the Tal Shiar propaganda that all humans are bad. You know what I mean? It has to be the Romulan way. It's all about the empire, mm-hmm. uh, the empire. Um, where does the sister fell for all the BS? Um, just call it spade a spade. Yeah. So I think he's a little bit more open-minded, but he's more practical in the sense of looking at a situation, being patient and working out and achieving his goal. Now, not saying, you know, that he's always going to be good or he's always going to be bad. But at the end of the day is he has an objective and he wants to see it through. Yeah. So he's more open-minded. It doesn't just have to be the Romulan way. So I, I I do like the twist between the brother and sister here. You know, one's like 
die for the tal Shiar and one is kind of like well I'm going to be a little bit more smarter here yeah yeah like there, there's, yeah the, it's it's good that there is that diversity in the characters um, and again you, you see that in most families anyway as well yeah. um, you wouldn't want them and you know in, in certain instances in previous story arcs there have been some fantastic Romulan story arcs in, in Trek before but some of the characters have been a little bit wooden um, yeah. I, I think that's a fair thing to say and I don't think you can say that about a lot of the characters that we've seen there's been great diversity between um, Larish and Zaban and um, Commander Owens yeah she's half Vulcan and stuff like that but um, I really enjoyed getting um, a more rich insight into Romulans uh, in Picard um, now not to kind of go you know frame by frame in the episode what, what, what would have been the next kind of standout uh, set piece in this for you well I suppose Agnes um, yeah uh, th- this is a character now that I haven't really been too over the moon with to be honest with you uh, just real wishy-washy um, but at, at the same time I can see where the story writers are going with her you know what I mean Agnes doesn't really seem to know her place or knows what to do and mm-hmm. to me that just seems like her whole character throughout this show she doesn't know what she's doing Yeah. so and I do like the whole Picard to question Agnes when she actually breaks into the room um, to free Picard. Um, you know, because we're, we're all like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's an interesting one. Um, I'm not their mother. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, they're going ahead and they're building the array. Now, is it an array? I really can't see it being an array like to be honest with you i think that's poorly written there i i I, i'd call this more of a gateway to be honest with you but anyway we'll save that to to, to the end Mm -hmm. um we'll we'll run the episode as the episode goes but like as i said yeah agnes has been wishy-washy to me but i do think that's her character in the sense like she doesn't know where she is but like the one funny moment that i did like was rafi and uh Rios. Rios. Sitting in the ship. They're trying to fix the ship. Uh, they're using this Android technology. And yeah, okay, it works deadly. Happy days fixing the ship. And then you hear, I know that sound. <laughs> so Rios is obviously used to people throwing stones at his ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Narek, yet again. Again, uh, the bad guy, not quite bad guy appears. Fair, yeah, but yeah. This, this was fantastic. You know what I mean? He's throwing rocks in the next minute. Like, well, I've got like... <laughs> <laughs> I've got grenades, you know. Yeah. Could start fire, but I did like. I'd love to fire a photon torpedo and see what it does at this close range. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant lines. Nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're they're they're, they're kind of teaming up. And we're sharing. We, yeah. They're sharing both sides of the the story, which for me in Star Trek is always good. You know what I mean? There's always two sides of the story. So Narek and the crew are sitting down and they share pretty much all our information. The, this this ancient alien, uh, mm. sorry, alien, the ancient Romulan uh, myth um, about the, the twins and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So yeah, the destroyer. And Elnor coming along and just wanting to slice his head off straight away, which was quite funny as well. Yeah. So Yeah. And again, you know, um, as is with Picard, there's many comedic moments in there as well where they're smuggling in this uh, device into the synths village in a football which, yeah. which you know ah, yeah I got a bit of a giggle out of that for sure yeah and, um, like, and uh, like the F8 uh, lookalike kind of saying do you play 
Yeah, that was exactly. A challenge. That was exactly. a challenge. Yeah, you played. Rios <laughs> should have challenged him. Yeah, that would have been fun. Rios versus F eight kind of. Yeah. Compadre. <laughs> That's it. Five aside, five aside. Yeah. yeah, there's enough on the Let's Arena crew. So you mentioned about Agnes breaking out uh, Picard, who's obviously in confinement. And um, you see soon seeing as well in the download. Yeah, this is interesting now. Now, it was yeah. kind of nice, though, jumping on the, the, the fire scene. And they're sitting around uh, telling a story of the ancient demons and the gobbledygooks from Romulan folklore. And we also have Rios that is a superhero fan. Um, loves his Viking legends or Ragnarok, maybe. Ragnarok, uh, Thor, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. And he likes his Terminator movies, uh, Doomsday. So, uh, or uh, Judgment Day. So, kind of cool. Well, I think he's. I think. I think. Uh, I think they may have borrowed them from elsewhere. <laughs> I, I'm just. I, I'm just filling up Rios's character. I do like it. You know, a couple uh, no, of sci-fi references yeah. in there. Yeah. Forget mythological stuff. Yeah. 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 Judgment Day, cool movie, and uh, Ragnarok was actually a good movie as well. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> Again, I, I I was watching that scene, and uh, I I felt for a, a second parter that didn't need to be there at all. Because we, as an audience, knew the lore, you know, uh, okay. the, the Destroyer. And that was just for Rafi and Rios. No, I think uh, this is more for now to show as well why they were teaming yeah. up. So I do think... But again, I don't think it, it fit in, fitted into the episode well, though. You know, if you if you look back at that scene, you know, it's just a lot of... Romulan names like oh yeah. Garmalagalgang uh, yeah. fights with uh, Haramalamadam and yeah. goes into like the Ghoulie Ruli booths you know I was kind of yeah. going ah, yeah it's, it's a little and bit I, more intense you know but, I think when we yeah. review season one we're gonna come across this quite a lot actually you <laughs> yeah. know so again it's the positioning of the story the, the, the story template but you know they they all get together and they need to shut down that transmitter slash gateway as uh, yeah. we're calling um, it so then they're bugging in and Picard and uh, Picard and Agnes are bugging out. Yeah. So we face much down have... 200 plus oh, Romulanas. Yeah, 218. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, they get the plan going and they're going in with their football and Picard is sitting in the captain's chair yeah. for the first time. I like that. Very long time. Yeah. Kind of trying to figure it out. I haven't done this in a long time. Um and uh, there's obviously there's the build up of his uh, irromatic syndrome in mm-hmm. here as well, um, but yeah, again in typical TNG fashion, you know, insurmountable odds, a single ship faces them down. But as, as you mentioned pants, earlier, the you have the android doohickey helps them mm. along their way, and they've the twenty four uh, orchids as well. Yeah, to help now them too. this is where I am going to be harsh. There's, there's a couple of things like I liked the whole thing where they, they turned around to aromatic syndrome, but like my understanding from say all good things mm-hmm. was that part of aromatic syndrome was that Picard was kind of like going a little bit, his memory was going, which we don't see anything with the now. I know they never mentioned it was aromatic, but we had the whole prior to, to prior to lobe, yeah, which is pretty much where it's the aromatic syndrome, syndrome. Was. yeah, okay, so. That kind of, you know, this Eremite just came on. I It might have been explained at one point. It could come on really suddenly or else he could start losing his marbles. So, okay. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to say, we'll forget that part. But the Picard maneuver. Um, and I was meant to read up on this, but that, it, 
that wasn't the Picard maneuver. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the Picard maneuver was very well explained of how the Picard maneuver worked. Um, I know they used an alien doolally, but the Picard maneuver was literally jumping to warp uh, a very short distance, and you know you've two ships that appear on a sensor. Um, it wasn't anything to do with holograms or anything like that. We've seen this done before initially on Voyager when they were dealing with the Kazon and they put holographic reflectors out on Voyager to confuse mm. the Kazon. So a little bit disappointed by that. And well, I do find sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not being harsh. And I understand like Picard and, you know what I mean? It's nice to throw in references from TNG, but you know, if you're going to throw in the references, like, get them right now. Maybe that people might really... take me up wrong yeah. on the Picard maneuver but the Picard maneuver was literally you jump to warp but it's a short warp jump really small and yeah. it makes the ship look as though it appears in two places now I can understand the light Agnes, hasn't travelled to the exactly thing. so yeah. I can understand Agnes's idea of evolving on the Picard maneuver hmm. I just thought it wasn't explained right so me being a super Star Trek fan that semi annoyed me just <laughs> you know what I mean well, I, I you know I I would pick on it, but for a different reason. Um, I liked the inclusion of the Picard maneuver. Um, but if you're going to the, the, the mention of it, but it but the thing about it is, my I, my grievance is is with Agnes in that the fact that she's um, she's a specialist in uh, artificial intelligence, and she's kind of adding one and one together in the moment. To then come up with this hologram thing, yeah, they have a magic wand to help yeah. them do that. But it was like, oh, we could have come up with something else, maybe. I don't know. But it was a nice little. Again, season one is 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 littered with uh, Easter eggs, and you know, I, to I, I think that, that might have been the perfect time for maybe the Federation fleet to jump in. Maybe I, I do agree with you. Yeah. It could have been handled a little bit better. Could have been a little bit more dramatic. If I was in the writers' room. And I'm not in the writers' room. I don't, and I don't even need to say that. But what what I would have liked to have seen in this instance, like sending the 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 Serena up as a singular ship without a plan, is a little bit funny. Uh, I would have uh, had the Borg cube join that. That in the fact, like when, when if you if you jump back to a previous episode where it's they're fixing it, and um, you know what do you need sensors. I oh, can make that happen. Surely those nanites and robots could have been putting back the Borg cube while they were making their twenty-four orchid fleet, and that yeah. wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been glorious to see, even if it was just at like ten percent capacity, that would still have been a lethal vessel to a portion of the Romulan fleet to see this Hulk just lift up, yeah, and then come in smoking bits even before the Federation, off, you know, fleet, but um, it's a little bit more maybe to get destroyed or something like that. Like, but, like in fairness, like there we go again, and it's just you know what I mean. If the synths had this much technology, like, why do you need the Lusrena on its own? And why you just... All they needed was a bloody shuttlecraft to go up and pull that stunt themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so look, it look is how kinda... quick they whipped together an antennae. It mm. was being formed out of nanites or whatever they're, they're using. They could have whipped together uh, now, a vessel in no time. On, on a positive note, you asked me what did I think of the Lusrena. And I have to say, this did episode... I'm like, I'm fairly... Absolutely. Um, the takeoff scene from the planet, again, the more three-dimensional feel of the ship 
we finally got to see like I thought we were missing quite lots of angles from the ship. Got to see it in this episode. Yes, it's a really, really cool ship. And again, <laughs> the Romulan fleet, again, like the last episode, this episode, again, very, very strong, I have yeah. to say. They look absolutely fantastic. I really we're gonna like save, the Romulan fleet. Yeah, yeah, where like the Romulan ships kind of grew on me a lot more than they did last week. Like, I love the stink head. But again, if you look at, you kind of said it last week, if we looked at the chase scene between the two ships, there was a lot more emphasis on the snakehead. So you could actually really get a feel. You could see the ship more. Yeah. Yep. And this week we definitely got it for the other two ships. So yeah. Yeah. that was cool. Now, this transmission. Now, I don't know. Uh, and this is going to be... Like, it's very hard saying things. Like, like a lot of us are sci-fi fans. And we mm-hmm. know stuff. Like, so this is a transmission. That's going out. And, uh, <laughs> You're getting your own transmission. Yeah. And the gas thing is that, like, what is crazy is the fact that these aliens don't seem to, you know, they're coming through the transmission. So, well, to me, it seems more like a portal. I'm sorry. Like, it's, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. It, the, again, it's, it's just poor. Like, you know... Could they not have jumped out around? Now, I understand for the storyline, they have to put them away. But, like, I think, to be honest with you, I think it could have been explained that better. would have been it perfect for season gateway. two. You yeah. know? But, like, um, it's a gateway to call on, yeah. you know? And I think that would have matched up a little bit better. And that the AIs had the control to close that gateway. Yeah. Um, which, to me, would have been better. It, w- it would have been written better, just in the sense. Now, maybe I mean too harsh, but you know what I mean. If you look at it, it clearly seems like it's a one-way opening a wormhole for these guys to come through. I know, as opposed but to like again, not not to kind of go lowest common denominator here, but putting myself in the position of let's say if you put me in the writers' room, I'm probably many others. Is that there was the build-up of this vastly ancient AI civilization? That you give you let us know, and we'll come and help you, you know. Yeah. And I was kind of we were talking about V'ger and like you know what could this society be like? Yes, heavily advanced with tremendously horrendous weaponry, but then this bloody snakehead like tentacle thing starts creeping and, out of a hole, and I was like, what, what are we are we going down a monster movie here? Yeah, and then I, as soon as is... it gets cut off, like surely an advanced race going. Maybe maybe we should call them back. Uh, maybe maybe the 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 bio, the 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 humans or whatever the biological beings ended the transmission prematurely. Are they stranded now outside the galaxy? Unlikely. Um, but I'm sure season two probably won't even touch upon that. It'll probably continue down a, a separate story arc. That frustrated me. That's it's a gateway, yeah. and that the AI is controlled. But as you said, there's the exact points. You know what I mean? Like, what do do we rage attack? Do we? do not rage in attack the second thing that I do have an issue and again I think you're spot on right it seemed like a horror movie and plus as well we've seen this in Discovery um, like do not get me wrong I like the Star Trek shows I like the alien I liked the, the Discovery probe coming back being all techno advanced squid-like. and yeah. squid like and but like we just had Discovery pretty much do that last season yeah, and we pretty much have that again in Picard, which is kind of like, come on, guys, you know, let's open the box, let's come up with something better, 
call it a gateway brilliant that's opened one way something that could be touched upon easy the next mm. thing so i do think it was very frustrating but like we have the federation fleet jumping now news has come across today that like the, the, the special effects on this was like literally only finished recently and i think to be honest with you it can clearly show um some of them were finished yeah uh, i don't know what was it, finished it, 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 it's it, it's kind of sad um the Federation fleet won, well, it's one ship, and this is one thing that I'm going to laugh, and if anyone does give out, it would be nice to see, you know, the reuse of, but it's nice to see them going back to their TOS routes, and literally having a fleet of all the same ship. <laughs> That's the way I'm going to look at it. I well, think it's deadly. <laughs> the devil's advocate in me. There is about two or three variants, but they're the same ship. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the same ship. There's different um, but nacelles, like, but it's go, the same Come shit. here. It's literally, you know what I mean? It, it's a TOS kind of like, here we go. Yay. Um, okay, yeah. so we know the visual effects side of all these programs. And like, this is post after everything's filmed. Just because something's a wrap, the actors have their rap party, but like there's a lot of work still to be done between editing the whole lot. And I, like, it's funny because I, I mentioned it last week about like TMP. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally, they had just finished the effects while people were queuing and getting in their seats and the film was literally rushed into the cinema so it, mm. it's it's a gas Hollywood doesn't change you know what I mean it's and oh, yeah. fair play to them there was a lot of hard work done by guys and it's it's just a shame uh, we didn't really get to see too much of our federation ships uh, or ship um, <laughs> still haven't <laughs> it's it's you know I to be honest with you I kind of hope it's not really finished um, top side looks looks fine to me um nacelle variant you know i'm not really i just can't understand why the nacelles have gone chunkier rather than but again i'm sure that can be explained but the underside of the ship is really missing um which is very hard to make a judgment on so i'm not gonna too harshly criticize the ship because again i've always said it it's something that i always like to play around with and see more um and these ships can grow on me so at the moment the the image that we have of the ship is not really... I cannot really finalise it. It was nice to see a new Federation ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but 200 times. Yeah, 200 times, yeah. Um, mm. But I can't make my mind... I'm not um, too bothered with the design, really. Um, it, like, it, it looks quite like a Star Trek Online ship, which makes sense because it's in the same era. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just that... And I like with a lot of people... It's that it's uh, you you would you, you wouldn't be wrong to assume it's like a copy and paste VFX that mm. it's, it's all the same shit. Well, and it, you can uh, canon this because Utopia Planitia was destroyed for 14 years ago and then they're building these ones in a new yard. But it's, it's one of the just, most advanced uh, fleet of its time. Um, most powerful ship Federation's ever Starfleet has ever made. Um, surely Commodore O would know, have known about this fleet. That's it again. See again, it, a drop. The right, you know what I mean. Like, like she mm. is the head of Starfleet intelligence and security. Yeah. So you know what I mean. Like she probably knows the weakness to this ship. Now, obviously, you know? side bolt and Picard, and not thinking that Picard could, you know, have any weight. Um, okay, so the, there is kind of like I can see where the story writers can actually get away with this and say, well, look, no one's going to believe Picard, and sure, why would we trust? But like again, you know, like is that the mount that the ships that the Romulans have left and even if it was like is that kind of like is is this just the Tal Shiar or is this the whole Romulans United and you know that's a big commitment by just Romulans if that's all that's literally left of their fleet you know to throw into one 
mission. I, well, I don't know. It's, not, it's hard to say. But. It, it could well be. And I think with the whole lore of the Destroyer, that they would throw everything that they had at it. But like what, what, what should have happened logically, and this would not make for a good TV show, is that they came out of warp and in, instantly just uh, photon torpedoed the, the planet's surface. You know, mm. that's what would have made sense. We've, if, if we've it seen it before that, in Deep Space Nine with the, ta- uh, the Tal Shiar and the Cardassians and literally yeah. as soon as it came out on all those planets. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They just scan for life forms and yeah, obliterate the planet. Yeah. Uh, looking, and I'm looking at another shot. It's, it's the rear shot. Now, I have to say, the top half of the rear shot of the ship is absolutely beautiful. And you can see that that's all being crisply ironed out and finalized. But yet again, it's the bottom part of the ship just looks as though it's missing it's it'd missing make, all it'd its make detail. a nice quad nacelle ship wouldn't it it would actually um funny enough it would um but as i said like there's a lot like the impulse grills up in the saucers melt back very to fine dish which i do kind of like um it's got a clear like, vibes and like, yeah, i like the way is that what you call it the i do like the way that the nacelles actually kind of sit um the pylons how, how they sit but as I said, it just seems to be missing a lot of the bottom half of the ship. And like, there's a lovely still, you know what I mean, of one of them. When you're seeing that rear shot of the ship, there's one where you can't actually see any of the bottom part of the ship. And it looks absolutely fantastic from that angle. I'd say mm. there's, a, like, there's a good bit of the E in there, you know. Yeah. But there, There's a lot of comments. Voyager in there as well. Like when you look at the nacelles, oh. the way they're angled up, it's like, the Vo- like, like Voyager at warp where um, that kind of stance with the... Uh, forward swept pylons like the E but more with uh, just forward swept than um, yeah. back swept but um, I would love to get a, a lot of eyes on this ship as well but I would have liked to have seen more variety and yeah if you go back to TNG what's the variety of ships initially the D the Excelsior the Reliant the Ober, you know exactly and Kipash later on but th- and again that that makes sense back then when it was practical models but now yeah. it's VFX. That could have been a much more varied fleet. And I know I've seen on Twitter people are comparing it to the Dominion War. Um, and again, I know that was a battle and this is more of a standoff. But like the variety of fleet ships uh, far outstrips what we saw in the finale of in, uh, Season 1. In fairness with the DS9 battle, uh, the reason that you can explain the variant of ships, I think it's... Very true to say, TNG at the time was literally, let's go out, explore, let's make friends. Then we had the Dominion that came around and all of a sudden it was a war. And it's the first time in a long time that was a big war. And hence you have a varied fleet to fight the Dominion. You're basically using everything you have. Um, Now, is this the way that like maybe does this link into Discovery, season three, that is this now all of a sudden that the Federation, as we said, that like, you know, dealing with Picard and was this a setup like, of a storyline for say season two that like a lot of people got annoyed with the fact that the federation were helping up the romulans and you know what i mean that a lot of people were threatening to pull out the federation and is the federation now gearing themselves up for another time of war so as you yeah. said utopia Panicia has been destroyed 14 years ago federation have now just decided you know no we're just developing our strongest ship and that's going to be our ship which makes sense. Yeah. And no, it does make sense. You know what I mean? We're not going out exploring the galaxy doing research anymore. We're not going out helping no. people. We're, you know what I mean? We have a multi-purpose ship, but we're going to defend ourselves now. 
Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of arguments for it, but yeah. the TOS fan of me goes, I've seen this before, you know. The one um, ship in the future. It would have been nice to see the Titan, you know, out of mothballs. No, well, I think, uh, no, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think with Riker stepping down and Which reactivating themselves would have been, you know what I mean? No, I think, you know, leave, leave, leave the Titan out of it. It fits more, um, but. Yeah. It was nice to see uh, Riker in this episode, though. I did like that. Absolutely. Uh, now, and again, it's only actually come out today that that was actually changed because it was going to be Riker. It was going to be Captain John Picard's favourite admiral was meant to be leading this fleet. And mm-hmm. she was literally going to put O in her box. Dropping F-bombs everywhere. No F-bombs, I believe. But <laughs> interesting. I, I would love to see that take. Um, I'm delighted it was Will. Um, absolutely. Um, the Discovery chair kind of stands out a bit in the Discovery Bridge. Uh, <laughs> Listen. <laughs> set reuse. But, yeah. Like, even the redressing of the Starship Bridges over the years you know, never stood out that much. So look what they did with the section 31 ship. You know, exactly. that's the Shenzhou bridge. Like that's mm. a hell of a redress, you know? Yeah. So it's but again, a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get you. I get you, you know, and um, kind of going back to the episode as well, you have the, uh, obviously the standoff is successful, um, but you have that speech with Picard to Soji and to try and get her to, you know, uh, shut down the antennae and, and stuff Picard's like that. The message that was received by Starfleet that he didn't realise, thrown in O's face, going, ha-ha. And, like, O mm. kind of was always worried about Picard. And, like, we'll, we'll, we'll save this for the analysis of the whole season, but, like, you know, unless you go back to probably episode two or three, mm. <laughs> you'd forget about that part. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, would. You, you know, Picard is a broken old man. Starfleet won't listen to him. He's gone off with his tail between his legs. He's yep. gone back to his vineyard. That's what she wanted because she always seen him as a threat. That if Picard got up on his high horse, the Federation could come in yeah. and step in and stop the Romulans, Tal Shiar, yeah, get their way. And that wasn't really played up as much. Like she, was, she said, she said she was going to go after Picard. She never yeah, did. And it wasn't. She it was wasn't. lazy. She, she, she went to... She was having a go with Eric. Like, Jesus Christ, that poor bleeding lad found out where the bleeding since all. <laughs> you know? He did it all. Bossy, you know, she went to uh, my meld Agnes, you know. Yeah, that's about um, it. Like, you know, that's, oh, yeah, I, I got Agnes on it. Like, I wouldn't yeah. trust Agnes to do anything. I wouldn't send her out to the shops. No. The, the no. girl is very confused, bless her. But again, you know, but that that's it. You know, the things you can kind of gloss over because there there has been a lot of fantastic elements in season one. Um, again, just it didn't meet the end of season rap. Um, that I wanted it to meet, and like again, like like even even the face off with Seven and Narek's sister, uh, there was a bit of a fight. You know, mm. she wanted to use again what we said there. If the Borg cubes was able to get into the action, that would have been yeah, uh, would have been sweet. You know, yeah, yeah. And she um, was able to target this the Serena from in orbit. Like surely the Borg cube could have targeted. Um, half of the bloody Romulan fleet ships. Exactly. But That's where I was taught Seven was going to lead up. Like, like, she got the weapon system online, so happy they set. And we're going to see yeah. a volley from the Borg cube. But, like, mm. even looking again, and I have this pause in front of me, and we're looking at the Romulan fleet, we're looking at the Serena, and then we're looking at the Federation ship. Now, deflectors up, which, which was kind of cool, but I do think that kind of blue glow was to disguise how poorly... <laughs> <laughs> to, to hide some of the missing detail on some of our federation ships yeah. uh, because it, like it's clearly missing 
a proper deflector dish, <laughs> you know. Um, ah, look, listen, at, at, Miranda at class. Look, <laughs> if, if look, come here, look, it's easy to criticise the guys. I think, in fairness, uh, thank you very much for everyone that's worked on the visual side to get this done. Listen, uh, yeah, you, you could look at it in about 10, 20 different ways and you never know unless you're, you're involved in it. Like, But um, it's all we can do is judge what we got at the end of the day, you know. Um, well, like again, I'm just looking at. I, I, I skipped to the scene, and you see the wrong your flea, and it's like, whoa, it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, there is a lot of similar ships in there as well, but um, we did see a variety of uh, Romulan ships throughout the season, you know. Um, but listen, it is what it is. Um, well, I think the Romulans can really be. Really, I think the Romulans is, is easily enough explained that like they're literally decimated they're society. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so you, you just think head fighter and you have your Romulan warboard, which yeah. is to me is fine. But like we have Picard with his neuromotic syndrome, and Agnes looking at it, and you know what I mean. He's he, he, he's feeling like well now. Uh, he bites. Didn't the say it on a podcast earlier on, and I was kind of hoping that this wouldn't happen, <laughs> but it did happen. Um. I was gonna say it was kind of like kind of gonna be a bit too obvious what happens to Picard, but okay. I Normally, see. I've got the obvious things wrong before in the past. Yeah, but we'll we'll save that to follow off anyway. So Agnes gives Picard is like literally Captain Picard again. Just give me a shot of this typical Captain Starfleet yeah. Captain dealing with a situation. Just give me the stuff that I need to get through this. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, Soji with the array gateway. <laughs> Gonna call it a gateway. I'm sorry. How do you feel? Like, is it? It's a gateway. Yeah. It's it's not just a transmission. Yeah. Like I would like I would have I would have preferred like a rift opening and then pe- appearing but after that's... the signal was sent. Send the signal and then yeah, boom. Not this like again. It's like something out of Hellboy, you know. Um yeah. But like, listen, Picard bites the dust, uh, yeah. and like what what I was thinking was like obviously aromatic syndrome Picard syndrome was dealt with uh, talked about and it was even in the the recap of this episode and you're kind of going my mind was thinking that like Dave soon has has made biologically perfect uh, synthetic life form that he could easily fix this brain abnormality because he has that control to make life himself and then I was kind of thinking, well, Agnes has this little doohickey that can fix ships with a, a thought process that maybe she'll use that on Picard. But mm. um, it's built up and, you know, everybody's crying and Picard is dying. But I knew and I think everyone knew that there's a golem sitting on the uh, planet and it was being built up about memory transfer and stuff like it, it, it was it, it was a, a very expected uh, transition mm. um, I thought and um, obviously th- they spent time going around the crew after his passing even though he wasn't passing like do you think Soji and Sung never mentioned it to anybody yeah you go off there and mourn uh, we're just going to defrag the hard drive here to get Picard on it and uh, you'll see him in a few moments now, and the, uh, yeah the one thing I do like about this and like it's been criticised before like stuff comes up in Star Trek episodes or other Francis and he never go back and revisit it. So we yeah. do have a pretty much human synth, as I call it, but Android, um, yeah. which we've seen before in Star Trek. Yep. And we've also seen the memory transfer, yep. which I will say 
absolutely ticked the box for me. Um, very good story writing on those two fronts because it is tech that we've known has that been out there before and we thought it died with Noonien and then we find out that Noonien had a son and we have data. Now, this... We're having this conversation beforehand and like we're going to go... We're, we're going to really jump into what we really thought of season one over and over. But to me, where there was a, a few ups and downs with this episode if you stop and watch the first two episodes and then jump straight to the last episode I think it just perfectly fits mm-hmm. the main reason why Picard went out there was you know he hasn't been able to sleep the loss of data it's weighed heavily on his mind it's data yeah. um, he's gar- and that's the reason why he goes out there exactly yeah. and I do like the ending and I don't care what anyone thinks I just think it's absolutely brilliant that data is in the simulation with data. He's talking to data, which is absolute thing. This is data's neuron. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the, the machine that Max created. Um, so Picard is now interacting with data. And beautiful scene. Uh, really good. Um, I, I, I absolutely love this. Um, and unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to data for the second time. Um, it's a proper but goodbye. It's, it's, it's a real, real... I like absolute fantastic brilliant way to end with data I this was absolutely a real highlight so the book end of the season started with them ended with them and do you know like the the journey of Picard through season one he's he started as a broken man and Mm. again being haunted by the dreams of data many many years later and this is going to give him that closure That it's it's, it's going to make chance. Picard be more like the Picard that we were used to. He was broken. Yeah. Tried to help the Romulans fail. Like, he lost data. Tried to help the Romulans fail at that. Kept on withdrawing. He's lost contact with Everybody. people in his life. Yeah. A uh, broken yeah. man. And it, it's building his character. Now, we've always said this before. Season one of any show is very, very hard to get up and running. It's no different for Star Trek Picard. And I think the key point is, like, unlike Discovery, we got kind of like 14 episodes in Discovery. Picard was down to 10 episodes. And yeah. at the same time is, it's been confirmed for three seasons. And, you know, you have to get a crew into everyone's hearts and imagination very, very quick to yep. hopefully have a better season too. Uh, mm-hmm. We've said it before as well, normally with, 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 with Star Trek previously before in the past now. It's a different age for TV. So, like, if we look at it now, season two should be quite strong. And season three will be the finale. And if we look at Star Trek shows previously before, by season three, um, and we're just talking about Next Generation Voyager, Deep Space Nine, they really get going. Um, it's a tougher thing to do on TV these days. Like, when you go back, you have 24, 25 episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy thing to achieve. This is where I think the script writers might have struggled with a lot of stuff and trying to have a quick story arc. Like, we've got the band. The band is formed. Picard has his crew. Um, like... Out of all the crew, I like Rio. I like Elnor. Um, I think Narek is one that I would absolutely love to see again in season two. Uh, Rafi is brilliant. Um, I, I love Rafi. Um, I know you were saying it was very hard to get into her character, but I think it was developed enough. I got into her character and, in the yeah, end, yeah. But I, th- I do think like you've read the books and stuff like that, and a lot of people have said that have read the other information, a lot of dialogue and stuff was left out. That it makes it been. easier to get on board with her character. And Absolutely there was an interesting so. interaction with her in Seven. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Serena. which is very, very cool to see. Um, and that 
fulfills what we've seen earlier on with seven and nine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Soji, which again is a character that could grow on me. Um, not too much, but again, again, like she's your ultimate science officer candidate. Like there, there is that mm. making of a crew. And going back on your point, like this, this series is sold as a a three season arc. And I don't know anything about season two, but I would have preferred not to have had the ending that we had in season one to bring forth, bring forward this uh, mysterious race outside the galaxy. That could yeah. have that could have spanned three seasons to yeah. the, the the end of season three. Like, I, I, I would galactic agree on this. I was kind of I was more hoping threat. that this would be kind of like a best of both worlds ending for me. I, I'd agree with you if you wanted to have the one threat. The one protagonist, this super intelligent, you know, I thought it would have been better cliffhanger just to leave it towards the end. Capelius um, as... should have been destroyed. Like the Javasht, an ancient society, was was completely dismantled by Riker and Picard saying that, you know, uh, show them what you want, Soji. Okay, uh, it's under our protection now. Okay, we'll go away now. It's like you have 200 bloody war- warbirds facing down this has been the culmination of a thousand years yeah, of ritual it's, it's, it's do or die it was very kind of very wussy for the Romans and Commodore O just to say yeah I'll retreat yeah. now I like the way that Riker kind of kindly told them they gladly escort them yeah, away yeah. but it was yeah it was built up as do or die for that would have been the perfect as you said last and the last nerd escape best of both worlds like like the, like the last scene could have just been quantum torpedo spread Oh yeah, planet. absolutely. Hammering, hammering season each other. two, you're like, what the hell's going to happen? Did they survive? What happened? Yeah. Who's left? Um, yeah. What's going on with the array? The signal what's has happened? been sent into deep space. Is someone yeah. going to answer it in season two? Like that would have been like, oh my god. But everything was wrapped up in a nice, neat little package. Okay, I'm going to ask a question. Overall, right? We know, and I've always said this. Like any Star Trek, apart from Star Trek the original series, has always been hard to get to teeth with on season one. Overall, do you think to build for season two? Now, I just hope they haven't lost viewers, but to build, do you actually see that this can have a strong chance for a season two? It's been approved anyway, but I, like you know, to move forward with a storyline. Oh, I think it will. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just curious to know what storyline they're going to move with. Um, like, I, I do think it's going to be a success anyway. Like, uh, and like, listen, I know we're we're at an hour talking about this episode, and you know what? We're going to do um, a season review in a separate podcast because I don't want to keep you here for two hours. But um, in our synopsis, like, bo- both myself and Chris are in agreement here that like season one started off good, ended better. The middle let itself down, and I I just I don't want to repeat of that in season two. And I'm just curious, will they keep? that story arc going because we have a crew that aren't Federation. So like, what are they going to get up to? Th- th- that's the thing. Like Picard has been literally put back into Starfleet. Um, I can leave the matter with you. It's in capable hands. Riker handing over to Picard and Picard's going off. The, the, the ban on synths is gone. Does that leads to the Romulans now, you know, going we back. Forget about the Romulans now. Like, yeah. um, it's it's interesting, but I think the main thing that we do have to look at is, as I said, we just go back every season. Discovery season one, you know, you look back on it and compare it to season two. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. Discovery season one is very hard to watch after seeing season two. I enjoyed season one, but you know what I mean. Season two just every season that. one, but with the, the exception job, of TOS, you know, the, the job. Uh, the reason why I think 
and what people will forget is just because season one of Discovery isn't as strong as season two, the job that the, that the script writers had to do was get these characters into your hearts and like them. Like the love for Suru that everyone wants to see him be captain. The love for Tilly. You know what I mean? You know, Cooper, um, Stannis, you know, and with, I don't with have Picard, any love for Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with me. But like at the same time, it's like, you know, Rafi's girl, Elnor, um, Soji, um, blah, 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 who am I forgetting? Um, Lorenzo. They're all good characters. Um, mm. Do I want to see more of these characters? I want to get up to. Yes. How do they fit in? Do they, they go on to a Federation ship now? Do you they know, that's a little Federalist bit. Rangers. Yeah. You but know. I think to top it all off, I think job done with characters. Yes, there was poor parts in this um, series. But I do think, look, we got the card back. Happy about it. I yeah. do hope that if somebody from CBS is listening, put more money into it. You know, take time. Get the visuals right. Change the pacing, please. Because, like, and uh, again, I don't want to be harping on here, like, but like the, the the very the very last part of the very last episode of season one, Picard dies. Everyone is crying, like seriously crying, or in a stupor, or on the on. Yeah, the no cliff. one just think, what about that? Go on yeah. and think, Ficken and then, can crack yeah. that. And then that happens, and then cutscene. Everyone's happy, go lucky on on the bridge of the Serena. It's like, oh my god, like that that would wreck your head. It's like I've I've mm. I've mourned your loss, and oh, oh you're not dead. Oh, but you're a synth now. Okay, make it so. Let's go. Um, yeah. it was like that that was done in less than three minutes, and it's like yeah, that that that's a pretty substantial um element. Oh, and you're cured by the way. Uh, okay, that's cool. Um, but listen, um. I, I I still I like the ending with the Data. End. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch all 10 back to back. Um, I, I, I still really love the ending. Um, I have to say, it's a job well done. It's very emotional with Data. And that's, you know, yeah. Data was very comparable to his character in All Good Things. Yeah. Um, I, 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 he I know, looked the same. Uh, yeah. Quantum reality, but... The one thing that I wasn't too keen on was Data. Like, I know Data strives to be human. And part of being human is being able to die, but like... Yep. Data grown old. I don't know what that was about, but you know, Listen, it's a nice. It's one of those touches. Data's getting his symbolic reference to yeah, his to passing. Passing, you know, yeah. he's um, in a virtual world. He can do what, what he pretty wants. Pretty much what he damn well likes. But like, you know, actually, if you look at it, actually, I haven't really thought about it this way, because he's in a virtual quantum simulation of his own uh, consciousness. Um, that one scene where he's with Picard, um, he. He summoned Picard's image to sit on the table to help him pass. Mm. And if you think about it, that one scene is where we finally see Data becoming human. Mm. From season one all the way. That was always his wish. Yeah. And he was able to grow old and pass with his pseudo father, uh, Picard, who, again, Mm. they provided their, you know, he loved you and... There, there's a lot of closing of doors and stuff like that, which you yeah, know, I actually kind of like when when you look at it that way. Yeah, but. It, it it's just the middle part of season one just seemed to fall flat. But like in fairness, beginning mm. and ending, a- ending was very very strong. And where it goes next season, I just hope they haven't lost too many people because I know my wife was following the show and she just kind of like yeah. Uh, my wife queued queued 
uh, last interest season episode two, I think. Yeah, um, just last and this two character, I liked the first part because I was like, oh, ancient friggin' AIs. I was like, V'ger, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, it just it fell flat. Yeah, um, but the ending and the whole data part was brilliant. So mm. bag of mixed emotions. Mm. Um, but I a lot of the think... elements I don't think will be repeated in season two that we're griping about now. Um, looking back at season one. Which we will, <laughs> but just to kind of just to get a thought on my mind, visually I loved season one, and I I loved the 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 ship scenes, uh, the Borg cube, the fight with the snakehead and the La Serena, the classic uh, bird of prey and the Fenris Ranger. I I, I, I thought that looked very well. Mm. It was just that one element in the last episode where the copy and paste fleet faced the other. But I, I do, I, I, I like from the Just news close. that we have heard back. This, you know, it was being fine. But and I do think, you know, if anyone wants to argue where you're saying, and I do agree with you, look at the Romulan fleet and look at that side of it. So you can clearly see where visual effects work was probably all done, mm. and where it drops. And you can actually, it's more so on the Federation fleet. Mm. Um, it's big time. It's so obvious on the Federation fleet because yeah. if you go in. You can see the crisps line. You see it really. That ooh. should have been left for episode one of season two, where the Federation fleet came in. Yeah, you know. um, it's it it look, come here. Well, anyway. they, they got it done. It's been delivered. It's been dropped. Um, yeah. it's going to be interesting. What I'm really looking forward to here is everybody else's comments. What do you think? And you know what? That's that's how we'll do our next show. Then is the whole season one because I know we've covered what we we're going to go through season, season one. one and we're going to link in with your comments. Comments so exactly. What did everyone think? Know. Because as I said, social media has been a barrel of mixture on this one. Um, people have been disappointed with the Federation fleet. Uh, people have been disappointed with just the overall season. But as I, mm-hmm. I've always said. Give it a chance, you know, try within a 10 story arc to make something big and dangerous. So yeah. light up the comments below. Let us know yeah. what you thought of season one and we will name drop you in the next episode of the Nerd Escape podcast where we break down season one. Yeah, but that's the end of Picard. Thanks for checking us out over the last 10 episodes. Yeah. And uh, listen, stay safe. Practice social distancing. And uh, again, we'll all get through this together. And uh, as always, it's goodbye from me. Slonga fall and you'll walk from me. Take care, guys. Bye.